Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's crazy. On a Monday! It's all leaving with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. It's a beautiful Monday. It's a packed Monday. Lots to get into. NFL Sunday was great. We had a lot of great games. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. There's a lot of good stuff that happened with that over the weekend. Big injuries in the NFL. It was an awful, awful Sunday in regards to that. And HBCU University has just became primetime. And we're going to have the first candidate for the greatest segment on the planet dummy of the week so let's just jump right into it what an interesting sunday of nfl football we had it was it was crazy man there's a lot of great stuff that came out of it there's also a lot of bad stuff that came out of it but there's four games that i want to talk about the first game is going to be the seahawks and pats next game is going to be the chargers and chiefs after that is jets and 49ers and then cowboys and falcons So let's get right into it, man. Let's talk about this Seahawks and Pats game. It was a great game. Seahawks win this game 35-30 in the shootout. It was phenomenal. We saw Russell Wilson go for 288 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. He threw that interception early. It was a pick six that started the game. And then after that, they were in the groove offensively, man. DK Metcalf, he had a beautiful game, four catches, 92 yards and a touchdown. Lockett was all over the place. He had seven catches, 67 yards and a touchdown. David Moore caught a bomb and a great touchdown as well. So they had a lot of offense. But what I saw out of that team is that the offensive line is still a little shaky. Russell Wilson is always looking like he's running for his life. But he's used to it now. He knows how to navigate behind the line of scrimmage. He knows how to escape pressure. And he was phenomenal. Just absolutely phenomenal. He is the second best quarterback in all of football. This is no debate. There's, it's not even close. For the Patriots, they were down, you know, as much as 11 points. They were down 28-17 at one point, and then they started to come back. Cam Newton looked amazing. 397 yards, a touchdown, an interception. He also had 47 yards rushing with two touchdowns, so he totaled three touchdowns for the night. Julian Edelman was a monster. Eight catches, 179 yards. He looks like his old self again. He's healthy. He's showing that burst off the line. He looked amazing last night. And I'm telling you, through two games, the Patriots look good. This is a great fit. Cam Newton is a perfect fit for this offense. I like the way Josh McDaniels has worked this offense around him. In two games, I am very, very impressed with the New England Patriots. Very impressed. Bill Belichick has something special here. 
I believe that they can possibly win this division. It's definitely going to be between the Bills and the Patriots for who wins this division. I can't wait to see how it finishes. I know Bill Belichick is going to be able to make adjustments on the fly. He has a dynamic weapon at quarterback that he hasn't had in 20 years. I'm not saying that Tom Brady wasn't a great player. He's the GOAT. But what I'm saying by dynamic weapon is that Cam Newton is a dual threat quarterback. You can put him in space, RPO, he has an arm. He looked very, very good last night, and I'm very impressed. I like how he's come back. I like how he's actually proving the doubters wrong. I was one of them. I didn't think that he had anything left. Clearly, he has something left. And clearly, this was the perfect fit for Cam Newton. Perfect fit. Next game we're going to talk about is going to be the Chiefs and the Chargers. Chiefs win this game 23-20 in overtime. It was a great game. The debut of Justin Herbert, that's been my guy since he was at Oregon. He is a phenomenal young talent. And what a debut it was. He had 311 yards, a touchdown, an interception, 22 of 33. Passer rating of 94.4. QBR was 76. The kid had a great game. He looked poised. He looked confident. He looked like he knew what he was doing in his first NFL start. Man, this guy has a bright future. The Chargers, they were up 17-9 to at one point in this game. And then Patrick Mahomes took over the game. Patrick Mahomes was perfect. 302, two touchdowns. He had 54 yards rushing as well. He had to use his legs towards the ending of the game. He made this game go into overtime and they won it. Obviously, the usual suspects got involved. Tyreek Hill had a big game, five catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey had nine catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire struggled, 10 carries, 38 yards. But that's that's all right. You're going to see him struggle a little bit. Teams are recognizing exactly what he is. And kudos to the Chargers. They have a really good defense. This defense is not a pushover. They have a good particular offensive package. Austin Eckler had 93 yards. You had the rookie Kelly had 64 yards on the ground. Keenan Allen had seven catches, 96 yards. Hunter Henry had six catches, 83 yards. They have a pretty decent team. This is not a bad team. They just played the Super Bowl champs. That's all. But what we've seen out of the Chargers is that they have a bright, bright future. I believe that they cannot go back to Tyrod Taylor. They have to stick with Herbert. Herbert is the guy. From what I saw in this game, he's only going to get better from here. This kid is the real deal. He's been the real deal. It was unfortunate the fact that Tyrod got hurt before the game, and this is how he got his start. But listen, this is how the NFL works. It's next man up. He proved that he can be able to play in this league, and you cannot give the job back to Tyrod at this point. Up next was the beatdown in MetLife Stadium. 49ers beat the hell out of the Jets 31-13. A lot of injuries in this game. Nick Bosa was lost. Mostart was lost. Garoppolo got hurt. Tevin Coleman got hurt. Everybody got hurt for the 49ers, and they still bludgeoned the Jets. Before Garoppolo got hurt, he was 14 of 16, 131 yards, two touchdowns. Mostart had a big run. He had an 80-yard run. He finished the game with 92 yards and a touchdown. Flash McKinnon, he had 77 yards and a touchdown. Kevin Bourne had four catches, 67 yards. Jordan Reed was a story on the offense. He had seven catches, 50 yards, and two touchdowns. He looked good. He hasn't had a touchdown in two years, so it was good to see that. On the Jets' side of the ball, 
what is there to talk about? The Jets struggled. It was a terrible game. Sam Darnold did look pretty decent, though. He looked better than he did in week one. 21 for 32, 179 yards, a touchdown. He had a, a passer rating of 90, QBR of 71. So it wasn't all doom and gloom for the Jets. They just really couldn't do much with this defense. Frank Gore has 63 yards on the ground. Chris Hogan had a great game. Six catches, 75 yards. Braxton Berrios had a touchdown, 59 yards. So there's little things that you can see that the Jets may have something here. But the story is that this team cannot do anything much offensively. They are lost offensively. And where does that start and end with? Adam Gase. This is a huge indictment on his coach. I don't understand how he can continue to go forward with this team. After the game was over, he had a press conference saying how pissed off he was. Yeah, you should be pissed off with all the money that you've stolen from this organization. You should give it back. That's why you should be mad. Sam Darnold was running for his life again in week two. This line needs to do better. This offensive coordinator needs to do better. This head coach needs to do better. They are not protecting their young quarterback. And I don't want to see Sam Darnold end up like Mark Sanchez. I don't want to see the confidence start to go away from this kid. You have to protect him. You have to make sure that you keep his confidence high. It is very important for a young quarterback to feel that he has the confidence of his head coach, the confidence of the guys in the locker room. And as bad as the offense was, the defense was even worse. The defense has so many issues. They cannot stop big plays. They cannot stop anybody on the ground. This is a huge issue. The Jets in every facet of the game, offense, defense, special teams, they're a disaster. They're a complete disaster. And the head coach needs to pay for this. I can't see how Adam Gase continues to be the coach going into week three and beyond. I just, how, how does he redeem himself? What can he do to possibly earn the respect of his team, earn the respect of the media? There's nothing we see from Adam Gase that impresses us. Nothing. It's a vanilla offense. He's a vanilla coach. He's never been great. So what are we expecting here? We already know what the outcome is going to be of this season. The Jets are going to stink and Adam Gase is going to be fired. That's what we know. So why wait until the end of the season? Do it now. Do it before it's too late for Sam Darnold, unless there's a different story being told behind the scenes. Maybe they're trying to tank so they can go get Trevor Lawrence. I have no idea. But either way, if you put Darnold in this offense, if you put Trevor Lawrence in this offense, it's not going to matter. The dumpster fire is going to continue to blaze, and the Jets are going to be right where they always finish. At the bottom, resetting, starting over. Up next was the game of the weekend between the Atlanta Falcons and the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas wins this game 40-39. This was the greatest comeback I've ever seen in football. And guess what? It happens to the Falcons again. The Falcons give away this game. They were up big. They were up 20 to nothing in the first quarter. Dallas had three straight fumbles on their first three drives. It was a disgusting start for the Cowboys. They also had a fourth down attempt that was god-awful. Mike McCarthy looked out of place. He looked out of touch. He looked like he didn't know what the hell was going on. 
and the Falcons were just capitalizing. They were getting great field position, and they were moving the ball consistently on this Dallas defense. Matt Ryan finished the game with 273 yards, four touchdowns. Ty Gurley, he was stymied all night, 61 yards. Calvin really had a big game, seven catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns. Julio Jones was kept in check. He was still a little banged up from last week. But the story was how Atlanta blew this game. This was 28-3 in the Super Bowl. This was this just didn't make any sense. Dak Prescott throws for 450 yards, a touchdown. He rushes for three more. Ezekiel Elliott had 22 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. C.D. Lamb had a great game, six catches, 106 yards. Amari Cooper had six catches, 100 yards. He had the catch of the night, a one-hand grab down the middle of the field for like 50 yards. It was an impressive, impressive offensive game for the Cowboys. Dalton Schultz, nine catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. They were down big in the third quarter. They came out, got an early touchdown, but they really couldn't stop Atlanta from scoring. Atlanta literally was getting anything that they wanted through the air. Like, it was... It was a clinic, and the defense for, for the Cowboys just was not good. In the fourth quarter, they were down 39-24. to Then the Cowboys got a touchdown. They tried to go for two points. They didn't get it. And then Dalton Schultz, he got a touchdown, put the game to 37-39. to And then the onside kick happened. This is something that should never happen in football. When you do an onside kick, the chances of you recovering are slim to none. Why? Because the kicking team literally has to wait for the ball to go 10 yards to try to jump on it. You as the offensive team that's recovering, once that ball goes two yards, you can be able to jump right on that. So you have the advantage. I don't know what the hell Atlanta was thinking, but I do know this. I do know that John Fossil made Zerline kick the ball very uniquely. Instead of putting it on a tee, he put the ball on its side and it was spinning a weird way and it was just mesmerizing the Atlanta Falcons. Like they didn't know what the hell to do. And once they realized it was already past 10 yards and the Dallas Cowboys recovered it. Then C.D. Lamb catches a nice pass on the sidelines. They get into field goal position and then Greg the Leg Zerline comes in the game, kicks the field goal. Dallas wins this 40 to 39 in unbelievable fashion. Here's what I took away from that game. One, Atlanta has to fire Dan Quinn. This is the second time that they've blown this type of lead. It doesn't make sense. The Falcons are 0-2. The defense looks terrible. The offense looks spry. But if they can't stop anybody, they're going to be in a lot of tough games. Dan Quinn, I don't understand how this guy still is employed with this team. There is a stink coming from this franchise, and it's the head coach. Dan Quinn is the issue. They have to move on from this guy. I don't know who he paid off or who he has pictures on of why he has this job, but he needs to go. He really needs to go. On the other side of it, I was not impressed by the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy took some questionable fourth down chances and they looked awful. If they had lost this game, we'd be having a different conversation about what we saw on Sunday. We'd be saying that Dallas didn't come out prepared, that they came out sloppy, they did not look inspired, and then the risk that he was taking on fourth down, they all didn't make sense. It was not something that was smart. So they have to clean it up. They have a lot to clean up offensively. They have a lot to clean up defensively because they have not looked sharp defensively. They don't look like they can stop anybody downfield. 
There's a lot of guys getting open. Where is the pass rush? Where is Mr. Lawrence? Where is the $100 million man? He is nowhere to be found. They have a huge problem with him. I don't see how they can be able to to retain him after the season. This may be one of those things where they're going to have to cut their losses. Demarcus Lawrence has been a disaster since he signed that contract. He looks unmotivated. He doesn't care. They have to do something. And also, the secondary, the safeties, they're decent players. But none of those guys are Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas needs a phone call. Jerry Jones needs to realize that, yes, the team is 1-1, but you can be easily 0-2 and you have a major problem. Use your football mind, Jerry. Don't use your pride. Don't use maybe he's not good for the locker room. Earl Thomas wants to be a cowboy. So when he comes here, he will be on his best behavior. Get it done. Turning our attention to the Monday night football matchup between the two 1-0 teams, the New Orleans Saints against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Saints are the clear-cut favorite here, even if they don't have Michael Thomas. I do believe that Emmanuel Sanders is going to step up. He's going to step up big tonight. Alvin Kamara is going to have a good game. He's going to pick up the slack in regards to receiving tonight. The defense, that secondary, like I said, is probably one of the best in football. The Raiders, they have a decent team. Josh Jacobs is a good running back. They have decent wide receivers. Derek Carr is a serviceable quarterback, but they're running into a buzzsaw. The Saints are a buzzsaw. And they're going to cut right through the Raiders tonight. I got the Saints winning this game 35-20 to in a blowout, Saints style. Drew Brees has a great game. I think he goes for about 275, three touchdowns, no picks. This is going to be a typical Saints game. Michael Thomas is a great player. They're going to need him going forward in this season, but they're not going to need him for this game. They have enough firepower to be able to bust up the Raiders and bust them out quickly. After the break, we're going to talk about all of these NFL injuries. And my take on why it's happening. On a Monday, it's all even. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess. You're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. While we had some great moments yesterday for football, we actually had some really, really bad moments yesterday as well. A lot of injuries to a lot of big stars. Saquon Barkley's out for the season with a torn ACL. Nick Bosa's out for the season with a torn ACL. Cortland Sutton is out for the season with a torn ACL. Christian McCaffrey's out four to six weeks with a bad ankle sprain. Raheem Mostar is out. Jimmy Garoppolo is out. Tevin Coleman is out. Anthony Barr from the Minnesota Vikings is out. I can keep going. This is... This is really, really bad. We've never seen a Sunday like this. We've never seen so many big NFL players go down at the same time. And why is that? 
why are we seeing these injuries this year? Well, for one, the pandemic. I don't believe that a lot of players were keeping themselves in great condition while they were in this pandemic. And trust me, I understand a lot of people were concerned about their families. They just wanted to stay home. People weren't focused on sports because sports was on pause. We had the NFL draft. That went well. But we really didn't have any confidence that the NFL season was going to take place, especially with all the protocol issues that we heard that was going on early on. But what's another issue as to why this is happening? Well, we can honestly point to the players' union. We can say that they negotiated no preseason games. Now, listen, we all know that preseason games are basically for guys that are trying to make the team. However, preseason does one thing. It prepares you to get hit. It prepares your body to take significant bumps. Yeah, they've had full padded practices, but they're not getting hit the way they were going to get hit in preseason. Whether they're playing a series or two series or whatever it is, it's still very different. I'm not saying that we need four preseason games, but we could have definitely used two. We could have definitely used two high-octane preseason games before the season started. This is a big problem, and they're going to have to fix this for next season. I understand that the players want a little bit more control, but they can't do this. They need preseason. And now what's really crazy is that all of the players that opted out of this season, you're kind of seeing why they opted out of this season. They understood that to get your body in shape to play football, you have to get hit. You have to be in condition all year round. These guys understood that, hey, listen, my mind mentally is not into preparing my body for an NFL season. I got to opt out. One, for that reason, and two, for my family's safety, and three, because I just don't trust the NFL to be able to protect me with this pandemic going on. A lot of people didn't take that into consideration. They just thought that all oh, these guys, you know, they just want to do it for their families. And yes, that was a big reason. But the not being in shape, man, that is, that is the biggest reason. These guys understood, man. They understood that it takes a lot to be an NFL player. And for you to just get ready just like that to play football, it doesn't work that way. So what is the solution? How can they be able to fix this? Maybe not pushing their bodies that hard all the time and giving the body rest to recover a little bit may give them a chance to kind of steer the ship. I, I don't have the answers, but I do know that preseason is needed. That's for next season. But for this season, they're just going to have to ride the wave out. It's a bad look for the NFL, but obviously the NFL is going to continue. It's still a great game. There's a lot of good players still here. A lot of guys who weren't getting an opportunity because of these stars playing will now get an opportunity to play and show their talents. It's always the next man up in the NFL. Sadly, we like to see our superstars, but it's the next man up and the NFL will continue. Other news, Deion Primetime Sanders has become the head coach at Jackson State. It's an HBCU program.
kudos to Deion Sanders. He's going to bring an electricity to that program. I can't wait for this. This is a good thing for HBCUs. This is a good thing for college basketball. This is a good thing for these young kids to be able to experience and learn from this Hall of Famer. He's going to bring an intensity, a, a professionalism, and they're going to be prepared to play at the next level. This is a monumental hire. This is the probably the biggest thing that's ever happened to this school. And I hope that this is a trend that continues to happen. I hope that more coaches, more people are starting to look at HBCUs as an alternative for competitive sports. Back in the day, Grambling and a whole bunch of HBCUs used to put out a lot of talent for the NFL. So I'm hoping that it can return back to that particular prominence. It, this is exciting, man. I am a primetime fan. I am a Dion fan. I have always been. I hope that I could be able to check out some of his games this year because I can guarantee that he's definitely going to be better than 4-8. and eight. That's what they did last year. Primetime is going to give you at least eight wins. Bank it. Book it. After the break, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs on a Monday. It's all leaving. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire. Fire, all even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. So the NBA playoffs are getting interesting. We are starting to see who is the cream of the crop. Who is rising to the occasion? Who are the two best teams? And who is going to represent each conference in the NBA finals? We had on Saturday... Game three between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Boston wins this game 117 to 106. Boston led this game wire to wire. They had a great performance. Jason Tatum had 25 points, 14 rebounds, and eight assists. Kemba Walker had 21. Marcus Smart had 20. Jalen Brown had 26. They got production from all their big guys. Gordon Haywood made a return, six points, five rebounds, four assists. So they had a confidence. They knew exactly what they had to do after that horrible, horrible game two loss where they, you know, they blew up on each other in the locker room. That was needed. That was needed for them to get to this level. They played phenomenal in this game. They played with purpose. On the other side of it, the Miami Heat, they didn't look sharp. They got punched in the face early. Although they made some, some runs in the game, they just could not get a consistent rhythm. I can tell you who looked great, though. Tyler Hero was on fire. He had 22 points, 4 of 12 from 3. He looked very sharp. This guy does not play like a rookie. I keep saying it. He has a confidence that I haven't seen out of a rookie in a long time. Bam Adebayo also played great, 27 points, 16 rebounds. But Jimmy Butler, for two straight games now, we haven't got a, a good performance out of Jimmy. He has 17 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists in this game. He only took 13 shots because obviously, listen, the Boston Celtics came out with fire. They won the rebounding battle 59-47, to 47, 27 assists. They only turned the ball over 14 times. So they did exactly what they needed to do to win this game. Game 2, it wasn't like that. Game 3 was a completely different situation. This was Boston Celtics basketball. But the Heat have to get Jimmy Butler going. He cannot continue to have these kind of pedestrian nights and expect them to get to the NBA Finals. What is my prediction for Game 4? I believe that the Miami Heat win Game 4. I believe that 
They are the grittier team. They understand what pressure is. Although Boston has been in this situation for the last few seasons, this Miami Heat team just looks, they look like seasoned veterans. They look like they've been here before. I will say this about Miami. In these playoffs, they have not been tested. This is their first actual test. So I'm predicting them to win game four. But if they lose game four, they're going to be in a situation that they have never experienced so far in these playoffs. A position where things are even. Things are on an even plane and it's now a best of three series. Can they respond if they lose a game four? I don't think that that's going to be a scenario that they're going to have to face because I do believe that they will win game four. And I have the Miami Heat winning this series in six and taking their talents to the NBA Finals. That's what I see happening. Turning our attention to the game that happened last night between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. Game two of the Western Conference Finals. Lakers win this game 105-103. This was a phenomenal game. However, it shouldn't have been. The Lakers were dominating this game early. They were up 17 points, and then they just went to sleep. They went to sleep and allowed Denver to come back in this game. LeBron James ended up having 26 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. They had production from Danny Green and Colwell Pope. They both had 11 apiece. For the Nuggets, Jokic and Jamal Murray went off. Jokic had 30 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists. Jamal Murray had 25 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Michael Porter Jr. had a great game. I was talking about him the last time. He had 15 points and 4 rebounds in 20 minutes. They took this game over in the second half, especially the fourth quarter. The Lakers couldn't score. Jokic scored 8 straight points, got them the lead with 20 seconds to go. And then this happened. As well. A lot of time here. 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic... Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Anthony Davis! Scored as a good three-point basket. They will take a look, but Anthony Davis is going to send the Lakers to a 2-0 series lead. In the clutch, delivers the bomb. Great defense by the Nuggets. Just outstanding offense by Anthony Davis, who's made back-to-back -back huge threes here in this fourth quarter. They confirm the basket. Game over. Great play call by Coach Vogel. What he did was he put the screen on the big fella. Big fellas aren't used to coming off the screen playing defense. That's why Jokic did a great job getting the hand up, but that was Plumlee's man coming off the screen. Anthony and, Davis scores the last 10 Laker points, Chris. And, and that's what I'm talking about, that screen. LeBron, the best decoy in the world right there. The switch bringing Plumlee up. We've been giving coaches credit all night, the trust of Coach Michael Malone, but how about Vogel trusting the big fella? Anthony Davis hits the dagger three. Anthony Davis finished the game with 31 points, nine rebounds, two assists. He was the man that night. He started off slow, but picked it up in the second half. He was shooting a lot of mid-range jump shots in that third quarter. He was knocking them down. He was the go-to guy, but I do feel, this is my opinion about that game. Although the Lakers won the game, 
I am not impressed with what they did. They fell asleep to a team that has been comfortable being down double-digit points in a game. The Nuggets feel comfortable being down because now they get that motivation. They've been here before in two straight series. They are not scared of a team that's up big points. They just don't care. They're too young to understand what they're doing, and they're just playing basketball. I love to see it, but I want to break down that last play. I feel sorry for Mason Plumlee. He's getting killed today, but listen, when you see LeBron James out there and he's just standing there, I think Mason Plumlee thought that LeBron was going to set a screen, and once Anthony Davis came off that curl and he came off so aggressive like he was going to shoot it, Mason Plumlee panicked and was looking at Jeremiah Grant like, switch, switch, switch. Jeremiah Grant doesn't know what the hell is going on. He's focused on his man. So you expect him to now turn around, have to guard Anthony Davis. Hell nah. If I'm Jeremiah Grant, I'm mad today. I'm like, what the hell were you thinking? You thought I was going to guard Anthony Davis? No, no, no. But we can talk about the actual defensive formation. Why the hell did Mike Malone have Jokic on the ball? If I'm Mike Malone, I'm having Jokic guard Anthony Davis. I'm having a double situation going on. These two guys are not going to kill me. If Rondo hits the game-winning shot, if KCP hits the game-winning shot, if Caruso hits it, we can live with that. But Anthony Davis? Nah. That's just bad on Mike Malone's part, man. It's another brain cramp by him. It really is. So... Denver is now down 2 nothing, and what is the expectation for the rest of the series? <laughs> Lakers in five, man. I know I said six, but Denver hasn't shown me much, man. Maybe they'll come out game three and win game three, but I don't see them winning another game after that. I think that this is going to be a gentleman's sweep. Lakers are going to advance to the NBA Finals. And I got a Lakers Heat NBA final. And man, oh man, the storyline. LeBron James versus Pat Riley. The Lakers versus Pat Riley. His old team that he brought back to glory. Showtime Lakers was on Pat Riley's dime. This is fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Obviously, we have to wait for both series to finish. But that's where it's going. And I can't wait to see it. I have so many friends that hate the Lakers. Nothing would make me happier than to see them miserable for an entire offseason. That's what I want. That is my wish. I need to have this happen. My cousin who lives in Jamaica, he is a huge Miami Heat fan. And he's in for a world of hurt. Because when those NBA Finals start, he better not call me. (laughs) It's going to be bad. It's going to get bad. And guess what? All of this can be blamed on LeBron James not getting enough first place votes for the MVP. He was visibly upset. In an interview, he said that he was pissed off about how it went down. I don't think LeBron James was pissed off that he lost the award. I just believe that he was pissed off because he got 16 first place votes. 16. Like, come on now. He was making a point that back in 2013... He won the NBA MVP, and he should have won Defensive Player of the Year as well. But they gave it to Mark Gasol, who had a great year. But guess what? He made second team all defense. So put this in perspective. The Defensive Player of the Year for the NBA was on the all defense second team? I've never heard that. If you're the Defensive Player of the Year, shouldn't you be on the first team? How can you win the award and be on the second team? 
this is why sometimes I feel like there's a different narrative when it comes to LeBron James. Like people who are in positions to do the voting, they look at LeBron James and say, oh, he's a great player. Yes, yes, yes. We know that he can play two ways. Yes, yes, yes. But why should we give him the award? Because he's the best player in the league. That's why. This is not a participation trophy. If you're the best, you're supposed to be rewarded for your talents. Not say that, well, we know how good he is, so let's give somebody else the award because if we don't give him the award, then he'll never get it. This is not a participation thing. If he's the best, give him the award, and that's what LeBron James is talking about. Why is the narrative so different for him, but Giannis gets to do this? Come on, man. It's not... It's not right. They got to change it. I don't know who the NBA has on their voting committee, but they need to fix it. They need to change it and change it quickly because it's not good. After the season that he had at age 35 and number one in the Western Conference, these people need a kick in the ass and a kick out the dough. So all the pain that LeBron James is going to inflict on the Denver Nuggets of what's left in the series and all the pain that he's going to inflict on Pat Riley and the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals, in my opinion, that's what I think the NBA Finals will be. Oh, man, you can blame the NBA voters. You can blame the system because they created this monster. And you know his teammates want to see him succeed as well. They are a team on a mission, and I'm talking about the Lakers. So I'm sure LeBron James is pissed off about not getting the award. But if he wins a championship and wins Finals MVP, which one's actually more important? After the break... The greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Monday. It's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. And the first candidate for this week is... May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is... MetLife Stadium and that trash-ass turf that they have. The New York Jets and MetLife Stadium are my candidate for because the NFL has started an investigation as to why so many players on the 49ers got hurt yesterday. Everybody on the 49ers got hurt yesterday, and guess what? They still beat the Jets' ass. (laughs) Jesus Christ, man. Kyle Shanahan complained about it. He said the turf was sticky. I've never heard of a turf that's sticky. I've never heard of this. What the hell did the Jets do to that field? Maybe they said to themselves, yo, we are not beating the 49ers tomorrow. We need to put something on this field that's going to trip these guys up or slow them down because we have no shot. What the hell is going on? I have never heard of a team 
arguing about somebody else's turf this bad to the point where the NFL has to say, you know what, you're right. We're going to have to investigate this matter because too many guys got hurt yesterday. This is, this is ridiculous. Only the Jets. This only happens to the Jets. How much more pain do the Jets fans have to go through? How much more embarrassment? How much more of a dumpster fire do you have to be? Not only is your team on the field trash, but the actual field itself is trash. <laughs> and the stadium looks like shit. You ever look at MetLife Stadium? I'm telling you, it looks undone. It looks like the stadium is not finished. You look at all the other nice stadiums around the league. You see SoFi Stadium, that's beautiful. You have Jerry World that looks tremendous. And then you compare it to MetLife Stadium. That looks like a cutout Coors Light can. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with this team? They are cursed. Not even the contractors and the people who designed the stadium gave a shit. They were like, listen, we're just going to make it look as cheap as possible and then charge them out the ass for it. Because they're going to be, oh, this is, this is beautiful. This is this is state-of-the-art, isn't it, right? Yeah, 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 this is state-of-the-art. No other stadium looks like this when all the stadiums look like this. All the stadiums look like this 20 years ago. It's terrible. This is a terrible place. And they've made it worse with this shit turf. <laughs> uh, poor Sam Darnold. Not only does he have to run for his life against defensive linemen, but he also has to make sure that he doesn't get his foot stuck in this shit turf and tear his ACL or twist an ankle. Just this alone should make the NFL fine the Johnsons and tell them, you have two days to fix this. And if you don't fix it, we're putting your ass on probation and then you're going to have to sell this team. In a perfect world, that's what all Jet fans would want. But it's not going to happen. They're going to come back. The investigation is going to come back with nothing. And the Jets are going to continue to be the burning dumpster fire that they are. MetLife Stadium is the only place that you wouldn't want to have an accident in. Because if you try to file a lawsuit, the lawyers are just going to say, well, there's nothing to get, man. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you trying to prove? They don't have anything to give you. <laughs> oh, man. So the New York Jets organization, you may have just lost to a team that actually lost their entire star lineup and still got blown out, but you're a candidate and possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this week. I'll see y'all on Friday. Until then, stay safe, stay cool, peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -ch
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.